Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Welcome to 1001 Radio Crime Solvers Podcast. This is your host, John Hagedorn. And we want 1001 Radio Crime Solvers to be your favorite place to go to enjoy a great mix of vintage detective shows from the golden age of radio. The scripts were great. The action was hot. And even the old commercials are enjoyable. And now, another episode of 1001 Radio Crime Solvers is ready to go. Enjoy! The story you are about to hear is true. Only the names have been changed to protect the innocent. Fatima Cigarettes, best of all long cigarettes, brings you Dragnet. You're a detective sergeant. You're assigned to forgery detail. A United States postal inspector comes to your office. You've received the same complaints he has. Somebody is stealing mail in your city. Your job? Help get him. Friends, compare Fatima with any other king-size cigarette. You'll find a world of difference. Yes, in Fatima, the difference is quality. Quality of tobaccos, the finest domestic and Turkish varieties, extra mild, superbly blended, to give you a much different, much better flavor and aroma. Quality of manufacture, smooth, round, perfect cigarettes, rolled in the finest paper money can buy, manufactured in the newest and most modern of all cigarette factories. Quality, even to the appearance of the bright, clean, golden yellow package, carefully wrapped and sealed to bring you Fatima's rich, fresh, extra mild flavor. So compare Fatima yourself today. You'll find Fatima's now cost the same as other long cigarettes. But your first puff will tell you... Ah, that's different. Yes, in Fatima, the difference is quality. Buy Fatima. Dragnet the documented drama of an actual crime. For the next 30 minutes, in cooperation with the Los Angeles Police Department, you will travel step-by-step on the side of the law through an actual case transcribed from official police files. From beginning to end, from crime to punishment, Dragnet is the story of your police force in action. It was Monday, March 3rd. It was raining in Los Angeles. We were working the day watch out of forgery detail. My partner's Ben Romero. The boss is Captain Harry Elliott. My name's Friday. It was 7.45 a.m. when I got to room 29. Forgery detail. Morning, Joe. Hi, Ben. Sure coming down out there. Mm. Yeah? Look at this coat. It's soaking wet. Is that the same trench coat, that English one? Yeah. Ever since I had it cleaned, it seems to soak up the water a little more. Does it leak? Oh, no. It just seems to take on a little more water. Keeps me dry. Got something to show you, Joe. Yeah. Remember that old raincoat of mine used to leak up through the seams over the shoulders? Oh, yeah, sure. Take a look at this. What do you got there? Pretty neat, huh? Yeah, what is it? A new raincoat. Hmm. Never know, would you? Small, compact, whole thing's hardly any bigger than a pack of cigarettes. Not bad, huh? Yeah. What'd you get? Wife bought it for me. Amy says it's regular full-size raincoat, size 40 long. Amy says, so didn't you try it on? Oh, no, you know how they make something like this. It's made out of plastic, size isn't too important. Mm -hmm. Just plain coat. Slipped right on over your suit, just like any other raincoat. I know it'll fit. You haven't worn it yet? No, it hadn't started to rain when I left on. Mm-hmm. Could I see that? Sure. Real compact, isn't it? Now, something like this is really practical. Yeah, uh-huh. Little packages like that, you'd carry it around with you all the time. Never take up any room at all. Yeah. What's it look like? Just like that little pouch there. Same stuff. It's transparent, you know, regular plastic. Well, could we look at it inside, I mean? Okay, let's see. Well, here, you better do it. Yeah, Okay. Well, just unzip it here. Mm-hmm. Sure is compact, isn't it? Yeah. There we go. Look here, Joe. All folded up nice and neat. Yeah. Sure is lightweight, too. Plastic's great, isn't it? Fine, yeah. 
There we go. Full-size raincoat. See, eh? Fits fine. Never know a full-size coat would go into a thing like that little pouch there, would you? It's no bigger than a tobacco pouch. Yeah, that's pretty good. You ought to try it on, Joe. Never know you had anything on. Sure is light and nice. Yeah, I can see. Now, now we just put it back in the pouch until I'm ready for it. Let's see now. Collar goes up. Front folds in like this. No. No. No, that isn't right. Goes this way. Let's put it down on the table. That'll be better. Yeah. Yeah, that's better. Now, here we go. Now, we fold the arms in here. Now, the bottom part comes up this way. Now, we fold it over and again. Easy, isn't it? Just follow the crease marks in your home, Joe. Yeah. Now, if you'll hand me that little pouch, Joe. Oh, yeah. Here you go. Oh, thank you. Now, no, I guess that's too big. Well, we'll make one more fold, guy. Yeah. Well, it's small enough this way, but it's too fat, isn't it? You better watch it there. You're going to tear that little sack. That's funny. I fold it right over the old creases there. Too fat, isn't it? Yeah. Well, couldn't you just carry it in your pocket like that without the pouch? Sure, that's it. I'll slip it in my coat pocket. No. No, that won't do, Joe. It bulges right out. It's kind of springy. Jumps out. just like a piece of bungee silk. Yeah, it seems to. Well, it's still lightweight and easy to handle. Sure. Plenty easy to carry just like that, anyway. Yeah. Well-made little pouch, there. Seems a shame not to be able to use it. You smoke a pipe? No, you know that. Just cigarette. Yeah, I'll find some use for it. Probably a hundred things a fellow could use a little pouch like this for if he could just think of them right off. Yeah, that's right. Riley, Romero, you want to step in here for a minute? Right, Cam. You fellas know Inspector Smith, Post Office Department? Sure, how are you? Romero? Good to see you, Leo. How are you doing, Joe? Sit down, won't you? Thank you. Thanks very much. Inspector Smith's over here on that mail thief case that we've been working on. Oh, yeah. Did you receive those reports we sent over to you yesterday? No, I haven't been to the office yet. Came straight over here. Well, burglary turned it over to us yesterday afternoon. Ben and I ran it down. Seems to us like it might fit in somewhere here. Miller and Ashton have probably got your reports now. I was just going to call in. Do you mind filling me in on it? Department house over on Alvarado. Landlady reported a theft of part of a mailbox out there. Yeah, somebody stole a master panel off the front of the community mailbox at the apartment house. Figure it must have happened sometime during the night. Oh, yeah, I believe we got something on that, too. A postman on the route reported it. That's how he's getting into the mailbox. He steals the front panel, makes a key for himself, and then on, he's in business. Smart guy like we're after could put a key like that to good use. It fit a great many different mailboxes around town. Yeah, it's the same M.O. We've been on this guy for a long time. He pulled the same thing down in San Diego. was knocking down about $2,000 a month. Then he laid out. Now he's at it again up here in L.A. Mm-hmm. Well, as you know, we've been getting reports of the thefts and the passing of the checks about ten days ago. Yeah, I know. We've got five checks passed by this same thief, according to handwriting analysis. We know it's the same guy. We've talked to the victims and the bank tellers. Description of the guy seems to tally with what you people have on him. Yeah. There's just one thing we haven't been able to piece out yet. What's that, Joe? When he steals a check, how does he know what bank to pass it on? Well, I think we got the answer to that one. Well, let's say that he... Steals a letter, and we know he doesn't only hit the community mailboxes. Sometimes he goes to a private residence, fishes the letters right out of the mail slots in that case. Yeah, he's got some kind of a gimmick he gets down in those slots with. Yeah, that's what we figure, Leo. But we'll say after he's got a letter with a check in it. Now, it's easy enough for a good forger to put an endorsement on it, but how does he know what branch of the bank to pass it on? Well, at some time or other, he's stealing bank statements as well. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's just lucky. The time he steals a check, there's other mail in the box, too. The victim's bank statements. Well, as far as that goes, I suppose he's stolen more than once from the same party. He could probably get away with bank statements easy. Well, that's it. People never seem to report anything missing in the mails until weeks after it's happened. It's easy to see why. They're not sure anything's wrong until they wait several days. They don't want to bother us in the case of anything routine like monthly bank statements. And in the case of a check, well... Sometimes it's from a relative or someone who owes the money and they don't want to embarrass him by writing or calling to find out about it. Well, I suppose in the case of anything like a dividend check, we got a couple of those, Leo. Mm-hmm. The people who lose them just don't think it's time for them to arrive yet, so they just wait, huh? That's it. And that's why he's been so successful. Plus the fact that it takes about a week for any kind of check to be processed through central clearing at any bank, and then, too, the bank wouldn't necessarily know that anything was wrong at that time. Until the bank receives a complaint from the party who missed the check, they couldn't have any way of knowing that anything was wrong. That's right. Tell them what you were telling me this morning, Leo. Well, you people aren't in it deep enough to know this yet, but this guy's been hitting the same branch bank maybe two, three times in a row. Not here in L.A., had he? No, not yet. 
It looks to us like he's just started up his operations here in town. That's the way he worked it down in San Diego. Well, it's easy enough to figure. If he got a teller in some bank to go along with him, someone who didn't suspect him, and since the victims reported so late, he could get away with it at least that many times at the same bank, couldn't he? Yeah. If people report missing mail immediately, to make it a lot tougher for the thief. That last name on him still good? Harvey Fletcher? That's what we're going on, yeah. We've got bulletins out to all the banks carrying that description on him. Any change earlier? WMA, average build, 150, 160 pounds, gray eyes, about 32 to 35, well-dressed, carries a briefcase, likable personality. That's what we got on Oh, there's a little something we picked up yesterday from a bank teller. She told us the man had long sideburns, for what it's worth. You might add that. Okay. Don Myers in handwriting has checked through his files, Leo. They haven't got anything on him. And the stats office hasn't been able to make him on his M.O. And we know you people are doing everything you can for us. We appreciate it. Yeah, I wish we could do more. That name, Harvey Fletcher. Of the five checks that we've got on the guy, according to handwriting analysis on him, he's only used that name once. rest of the time, he signs the same last name as the payee's name on the face of the check. He passes himself off as a brother, husband, or some relation to the rightful payee. Yeah, that's what's taking in all those bank tellers, plus a smooth personality. He's cool, collected, all the confidence in the world. Yeah, that figures. Yeah, we got one day before yesterday with a little different twist. Isn't going to help us any, but here's the way he's working it in some cases. Deposits a large check to the victim's account, then he only takes out a small portion in cash. Throws the tellers off even more. Mm. Here's those photo stats, Leo. What's this? Copies of the last five checks that we got on the guy. Oh, yeah, thanks, Harry. Maya says they're all in the same handwriting. Is there anything else we can do for you, Leo? We've got all the banks in the area covered, got bulletins out on them. Well, that's fine. Don't think we've overlooked anything. Patrol units have been alerted. With this latest theft of that mailbox panel, it's too bad we can't localize his operations a little. Leo, didn't you say that if he makes a key, that key would fit any number of boxes in the city? We couldn't pin him down to one neighborhood, could we? That's right. That key will work on different mail routes. He probably knows the neighborhood around Alvarado is hot now. He'll leave it alone anyway. It's impossible to stake him out on the actual thefts of the mail. It's too bad we can't get to him through one of the banks when he cashes them. Well, your man, Par and ours put together couldn't cover all the banks in L.A. at one time, but we've been spot-checking throughout the city, hoping maybe to tab him just by luck. We might get a break for one of our bulletins. Maybe some teller will spot him. Well, I'm not sure yet. That's one of the reasons I came over here this morning, but maybe we've got a little something. What's that? Well, a bank out in Westwood phoned us yesterday. The teller thought she recognized the guy from his description. Didn't dawn on her till after the guy had left her window. She rushed out in time to get the license number of his car. Well, maybe it's a break, huh? Yeah, it looks pretty good. The check was drawn on the account of a William E. Scott. And that's the number two victim here in L.A. Yeah, that's right. You've got the photostat of his checks right there. Yeah, I know. Well, everything seems to fit. This check he passed yesterday out in Westwood was probably stolen at the same time as the first one, or at least it came from this Scott's mailbox. That we know. Well, didn't this William Scott report the theft of two checks? I know he didn't to us. Maybe he did to you. No, he didn't. Said he couldn't be sure. He gets quite a few checks through the mail. Owns a lot of stock, gets dividends. Yeah, probably doesn't know when they come each month. Yeah, that's right. He didn't miss the first one until it was way overdue. Might even be others missing. He doesn't know for sure yet. Well, anyway, he's positive on this latest one out in Westwood that the bank teller caught, huh? Sure. As soon as the bank manager called him, he knew he hadn't authorized anybody to cash any of his checks. Does the M.O. seem to match? Well, that's what's got us going on it. Looks real good. Smooth operator. Deposited part of the money, took the balance in cash. The major switch in his operation was the fact that he didn't go to the victim's regular bank as he did on that first check. That sounds good, doesn't it? And we kind of think so. That's the reason I came over here this morning. Conway, our handwriting man, thinks it's the same as the guy we're after. He asked me to check it through Don Myers to be sure. What signature do you use on this last one? Now, that's another part of the M.O. that checks out. You remember on the first check, he forged the victim's name, William Scott? Mm-hmm. Then he made it a second-party check by signing the phony name, George Scott, passing himself off as a nephew of the victim. Pretty smart. He goes to this victim's regular bank, and he doesn't take the chance of being tabbed as the payee. He covers by using that nephew gimmick. Huh? Yeah. Uh, this time he goes to a different branch, not the regular branch that the victim deals with, as in the first case. He simply forges the victim's name and lets it go at that. Are you doing anything on that license number? Well, Ashton and Miller checked it out late yesterday afternoon. They're on it now. Need any help? Well, not so far. I'm interested in what Don Myers has to say about the handwriting. He ought to be through about now, huh? I'll give him a call. Well, thanks, Harry. Hello, Don. Who's this? Uh, this is Elliot. You know if Don's checked that stuff through for Inspector Smith yet? 
Okay, thanks, Lon. No, that's all right. We'll get to him. Don was called out of the office for a minute. That was Sloan. He says he's sure Don's finished with it. Oh, fine. You say when he'll be back? He just dug down to Thad Brown's office for a minute. I'll call down there for you. Oh, that's all right. I'll walk down there myself. I need the exercise. Okay. You and I will walk on down with you. Oh, swell. Let's go. All right. You fellas will be back here once. Well, sure, as soon as I check with Myers. All right. Which way is it from here? This hall looks the same from one end to the other to oh, me. It's this way, Leo. Huh. Okay. This affects you like the federal building does me. I get all turned around up there. <laughs> yeah. Well, those fellas down in San Diego had a rough go on this thing. Yeah, I was talking to McGuire and Ormsby down there just the other day. They said they were going around in circles on it. They broke a lot of ground for us. Checked out a lot of suspects, cleared them. Checked out all that stuff that Brereton from CII sent down. Yeah. You know how thorough that guy is. Yeah, it figures they've done a lot of legwork. Uh, Friday, you say you just talked to him down there? Yeah, that's right, Lil. Well, then you know about all those bulletins they got on the guy. Description, exemplars of his handwriting. Mm-hmm. Sent them to every police department in the United States. Oh, it's a big job. Mm-hmm. I'll go get Don. It's right in here. Thanks, Joe. Right. Don? Yeah, Joe. Leo Smith from the post office department's waiting to see you. Right, Joe. Just on my way back to the office. Fine. Hello, Don. Sorry, Leo. I had to duck out for a minute. Oh, that's all right. Uh, say, did you get a chance to look that sky check over? Yeah, I did. Got a couple of things to show you back in the office. Okay, fine. Was Conway positive on this one? Well, he said he felt we had the right man, but he wanted your opinion to be absolutely sure. I couldn't be positive, but I think maybe he's your man. There's a great similarity, but too much pressure on the downstrokes. The knees, the O's. Just not too sure. They're a little different than some of the previous samples of the guy's handwriting. Uh-huh. I can show you better back at the office. Got a few things for you. Think there's a possibility, Don? Well, let me put it this way. I won't say it is, and I won't say it isn't. Let's pick him up and find out for sure. Here we are. Go ahead, fellas. Thank you. Mm. I've blown those things up here. Uh-huh. Call for you, Leo. I'm three. Oh, thanks, Harry. Excuse me. The Smith talking. You did? Uh-huh. We did. All right, look, uh, why don't you bring him down a forgery detail here at the city hall? We'll talk to him here. Right it. Right, thanks. Well, looks like the end of the trail, that was Ashton. He and Miller picked him up. He's our man, admitted the forgery. Looks like San Diego did all the work and we get all the luck. Anyway, we got him. scientific investigation division of a metropolitan police department. The ballistics room. You have just heard a test bullet fired from a 38 caliber revolver found in the possession of a suspect. The test slug is removed from the ballistics box and compared with the slug found at the scene of the crime. There they are. Side by side, they look alike. But examination will prove a world of difference. Now, examine a Fatima. Compare it with any other king-size cigarette. Side by side, they'll look alike. But right away, you'll find there's a world of difference. Yes, in Fatima, the difference is quality. You see, Fatima is the quality king-size cigarette because it contains the finest domestic and Turkish tobaccos superbly blended. And Fatima is extra mild, with a much different, much better flavor and aroma than any other long cigarette. So compare Fatima yourself. Fatimas now cost the same as other long cigarettes, but your first puff will tell you... Ah, that's different. Yes, in Fatima, the difference is quality. Ask your dealer for Fatima, the quality king-size cigarette. Best of all, long cigarettes. Start enjoying Fatima tomorrow. In the routine solution of a case, the police officer is always benefited by the legwork of his fellow officers. In this case, the men of the San Diego Police Department, in conjunction with the Post Office Department, had done most of the spade work, and the actual apprehension of the suspect appeared to be almost too easy on our end. Even though Ben and I hadn't participated in the physical arrest of the suspect, 
we felt the same gratification for the speedy solution of the case as did the postal authorities. Monday, March 3rd, 3.27 p.m., Miller and Ashton of the post office department brought the suspect in for questioning. The prisoner was turned over to Inspector Leo Smith. Ben and I sat in on the interrogation. Carver Gleason, that's your true name? Yes, sir, it is. You say you've never been arrested before? No, sir, I never have. Now, you know we're going to check that out. Yes, sir. All right, now let's go over it again. In the same way? That's up to you. We want the truth. I've told you the truth. You asked me questions about stealing mail, about forging checks. You said I was down in San Diego. Well, that's not true. None of it's true. Have you ever stolen from the mails? No, sir, I never have. I know that's a pretty serious offense. What makes you think forging isn't? Is that what you're trying to say? No, I'm not. I didn't say that, but this was the first time I've ever done anything like this. I didn't even think about the consequences. Should have thought about them. When's the last time you were in San Diego? I've never been there. I don't even know for sure where it is. How long have you been in Los Angeles? About three months now. Where's your home? Akron, Ohio. How old did you say you were? Twenty-five. And what have you been doing since you got out here? It's just it. Nothing. Can't find a job. Well, how you been getting by? How you been living? Been staying down at the YMCA. Hope Street, I guess it is. What have you been doing for money? Well, my folks gave me a little when I left Akron. I thought I'd have a job by now. I didn't want to write home for any more, so when I found that check, I figured I could get away with it. I needed money, and I cashed it. And where'd you say you found it? Over on, um, well, that street out that way, uh, La Siganega, is that how you said? La, La Siganega, yeah. Now, what were you doing out there? Well, I was answering an ad in the classifieds, trying to find a job. I had to park the car down the street from the place, and on my way back, I found this check on the sidewalk right near the bank on the corner. Where'd you get the car? It's my father's. The car's registered in your name with California plates. How do you explain that? Well, the folks told me when I got to California to go right to the authorities and register the car if I was going to stay so I wouldn't get in any trouble. That's where part of my money went. You got anything else you want to tell us? Well, I did it. I admit that. Mm -hmm. I want to make it up somehow. The check was for $57. I gave the men that arrested me 50 of it, and I spent $7. Yeah, that's all on the record. I did wrong. I'll pay the $7 back. Well, you can take that up with the judge, Gleason. Friday, Romero, you want to step outside with me a minute? Yeah, right. Gleason, you wait here with that officer. Yes, sir. What do you think? He's telling the truth. He's not the one we want. How about you, Joe? Yeah, I'll go along with Ben. Well, that makes three of us. Monday, March 3rd, 5 p.m. We went in and checked with Don Myers. In carefully going over exemplars of Carver Gleason's handwriting, he had definitely eliminated him as our suspect. Carver Gleason remained in custody awaiting trial. Three months went by. During this time, the burglaries and forgeries continued. Suspects were picked up, checked out, and released. We got nowhere. Tuesday, July 12th. We received a communication from Chief Adam Jensen of the San Diego Police Department who stated he was forwarding a radiogram from Chief John W. Polsine of the Milwaukee, Wisconsin Police Department. The radiogram from Chief Polsine stated that his handwriting man in Milwaukee had identified the suspect's handwriting as listed in one of the San Diego bulletins as belonging to Philip E. Holloway. Holloway was arrested two years previous on a reckless driving charge. The physical description of the man matched closely with the one that we'd received on the suspect known to us as Harvey Fletcher. They further stated that although he was at one time a resident of Milwaukee, they had nothing further on him. It was just an outside chance, but we decided that in all probability this could be the suspect's true name, Philip E. Holloway. This information was forwarded to the postal authorities. Ben and I started to check through our channels to determine the whereabouts of the suspect, Philip E. Holloway, with a possible alias of Harvey Fletcher. Well, that's it, Joe. Nothing in any of the phone books. Yeah. Covered everything I can think of. Our records, sheriff's records, nothing from CII, utility companies. Yeah, well, maybe Smith found something on him. We haven't got anything here. Think I'll give him a call, huh, Joe? Yeah, I'd like to know. That's extension 664. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah 664. Hello, Inspector Smith, please. How's that? Oh, I see. No, that's all right, thank you. He's on his way over here. He left five minutes ago. I sure hope he's got something. Joe, Ben. Hi, Leo. Hello. 
Think maybe we ran it down. Good. How'd you do it? To the Postal Service? Yeah. Didn't figure, did it? Well, we didn't think he'd stay put long enough to have a permanent address. Well, he's been on the move, but we got the last known address on him. Received mail there two days ago. You want to check with Don Myers? He's been working over those exemplars at Milwaukee Center. I just did. Called him about 15 minutes ago. Oh, we just got back from R and I. What do you have to say this time? Well, he and Conway agree all the way this trip. Yeah? Holloway's our man. Together with the postal authorities, Ben and I helped in the 24-hour surveillance placed on the suspect, Philip E. Holloway. Our findings disclosed that he was living in a modest apartment house and he was employed by a local vacuum cleaner company as a door-to-door salesman. This type of occupation would enable anyone to have suspicion-free access to any and all types of home mailboxes. The first three days of the surveillance failed to disclose any further incriminating evidence. Thursday, July 17th, fifth day of the 24-hour surveillance, 2.30 p.m. Holloway came out of his apartment building, got into his car, and drove approximately four miles to the Echo Park Residential District. He parked his car, got out, and went up the steps of a small apartment house. Together with Inspector Leo Smith, Ben and I followed him. You want to pull up here, Ben? This is good. Yeah, all right. He's going for that mailbox, isn't he? Yeah. He's got the key. He's opening the panel. Not a worry in the world. Broad daylight. Look at that. He's got all the letters out of the box, got them in his pocket, on his way back to his car. Leo, there's a bank right up there on Sunset, see? Okay, let's stay with him. How's it look, Joe? You can see up ahead there. Is he pulling out? Wait a minute. All right, let's go. Better pull up here, huh? Mm-hmm. Now, look at that. Just like it was blueprinted, going right in the bank. Come on. Yeah. Joe, you see him? There he is. Second window. Let's get in line right behind him. Right. Yes, sir, may I help you? Yes, I wonder if you can cash a check for me. Yes, sir, would you endorse it, please? See, this is one of my mother's checks. I guess I can cash it all right for her. Do you have any identification? I'm sorry, I don't. I'll say I have this envelope to check with mail being the Yes, I think that's all right. How would you like this, sir? He doesn't want it anyway, miss. Just hold that check for us, please, Postal Inspector. Yes, sir. I beg your pardon. I believe you're making a mistake here. No, there's no mistake. Come on, step over here. Shake him down. I don't understand all this. That key you used over there on Baxter Street, that the one you made from that panel you stole over on Alvarado about four months ago? You know about that, huh? Yeah, we do. I did all right for a while, didn't I? That key angle's a pretty good one, isn't it? There isn't a lock in the world I can't make a key for. We got one in mind you might have trouble with. The story you have just heard was true. Only the names were changed to protect the innocent. On October 15th, trial was held in United States District Court, State of California. In a moment, the results of that trial. And now, here is our star, Jack Webb. Thank you. Friends, all of us on Dragnet are convinced that Fatima is the best of all long cigarettes. We think you'll like them as much as we do. But the only way you can tell is to buy a pack of Fatimas and compare them with any other king-size cigarette. Now, side by side, they'll look alike. But in Fatima, the difference is quality. Quality that gives you extra mildness, a much better flavor and aroma. Compare Fatima. You'll agree, Fatima is the best of all long cigarettes. The suspect, Philip Elwood Holloway, was found guilty on all counts. He was sentenced to 10 years in the federal penitentiary. Five years of his sentence was suspended and he was placed on probation. One of the conditions being that he make restitution of the stolen money. Ladies and gentlemen, accidents of all types kill more persons from 1 to 35 years of age than does any single disease. America's homes and children can best be kept safe if every father, mother, and child develops the personal responsibility to know and observe home safety rules. Make home safety a family affair. Be careful. The life you save may be your own.
You have just heard Dragnet, a series of authentic cases from official files. Technical advice comes from the office of Chief of Police, W.H. Parker, Los Angeles Police Department. Fatima Cigarettes, best of all long cigarettes, has brought you Dragnet, portions transcribed from Los Angeles. Stay tuned for Counterspy, next over most NBC stations. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. The story you're about to hear is true. Only the names have been changed to protect the innocent. Fatima Cigarettes. Best of all, long cigarettes brings you Dragnet. You're a detective sergeant. You're assigned to narcotics detail. You receive information that one of your city's most fashionable hotels is being used as the clearinghouse for high-grade heroin. Evidence points to a narcotics ring, the center of distribution. Your job, break it. You'll be amazed when you compare Fatima with any other king-size cigarette. The size is the same. They now cost the same. But in Fatima, the difference is quality. You see, Fatima is the quality king-size cigarette because it contains the finest domestic and Turkish tobaccos superbly blended. And Fatima is extra mild with a much different, much better flavor and aroma than any other long cigarette. So compare Fatima yourself. Fatimas now cost the same as other long cigarettes, but your first puff will tell you... Ah, that's different. Yes, in Fatima, the difference is quality. Buy Fatima. They're extra mild, with a better flavor and aroma. Smoke Fatima. The quality king-size cigarette. Fatima. Best of all long cigarettes. Dragnet, the documented drama of an actual crime. For the next 30 minutes, in cooperation with the Los Angeles Police Department, you will travel step by step on the side of the law through an actual case transcribed from official police files. From beginning to end, from crime to punishment, Dragnet is the story of your police force in action. It was Tuesday, October 5th. It was foggy and rainy in Los Angeles. We were working the day watch out of narcotics division. My partner's Ben Romero. The boss is Captain Kearney. My name's Friday. It was 8.47 a.m. when we got to 401 North Avenue 19, the main jail. Felony section. Morning, fellas. How are you today, Pete? Morning. What brings you up here so early? We want to see Monty Wilkins, booked in last night on narcotics. Booking number is 906-351. Okay, let me look. Okay. Here it is. He's in 103. Thank you, Pete. I'll put it in the book here, Joe. Okay. Here's my gun. You want to check it with yours? Yeah, right. I'll put him away. Okay, Pete. Here's your check. Thank you, Pete. All set, Ben? 906351. That's it. Okay, let's go. All right. All right. We want to talk to Monty Wilkins, season 103. All right, we'll get him. Monty Wilkins, 103, for 
Hello, Friday. Ben? Hi, Monty. Better move out of the way there. He wants to lock that door, Monty. Oh, yeah. Let's go around the corner to the interview room, Monty. All right. Man, this is awful. What's the matter? Don't you feel good? I feel awful. Pretty sick. You look bad. I'll get the light. Okay, Ben. Sit down, Monty. Okay. Thanks. Well, it's been about a year and a half, hasn't it, Monty? About that long, yeah. We got you for possession that time, too, didn't we? Yeah, that's right. How long you been on the stuff this time? Well, I guess I've been hooked bad about a month. How much you shooting? Oh, about two caps a day. When you were picked up down in Slauson last night, you had seven caps on you. Yeah, that's right. Well, we checked with the crime lab. They've run the stuff. It's not the usual Mexican, is it? That's right. You want to tell us about it? Yeah, it's good stuff. It's not Mexican. We know that, Monty. Where'd you get it? Haven't had anything like that for a long time. Real good. Haven't been cut. Real fine. Maybe it's coming in from the East Coast. Can't get nothing like that from Mexico. Now, look, Monty. We ran the stuff through the lab. We know it's high-grade heroin. We know all about it. Now, I want you to tell us where you've been getting it. Well, you know how it is. You want to ask the impossible of me? My life wouldn't be worth a penny. You know how it is. We handled you a year and a half ago, didn't we, Monty? Yeah. You're still around, aren't you? Yeah, I did time, though. Well, you knew that going in. You're going to do time this trip, too. So don't shoot us that line, huh? Well, you guys know how it is with us guys. I, I can't tell you anything. No, it isn't that you can't. You just don't want to. Now, look, we didn't come up here to spend the time of day with you, Wilkins. This is the only time around. If you want to help us, you can help yourself at the same time. It's up to you. You mean you can clear me on this? You can give me a break? We didn't say that. We can't make any promises to you or give you any kind of a break. It's entirely up to you how you want us to put it down in our reports. Cooperative or uncooperative. Mm hmm. Well, okay. You squared with me last time. You helped us last time. We made a case. But I'm not going to be able to help you very much. Where have you been getting it? Well, I've only made a couple of buys on that good stuff. I just got it from some old mule I just happened to meet down there. Seemed to be pretty well loaded with the stuff. Where'd you meet him? Oh, down near Fifth and Spring somewhere. What's his name? I never did know his name. I just knew that he was pushing the stuff. Some old mule, that's all. Who's he pushing it for? Now, you know they never tell us guys where they're getting it. You know how they do. Yeah. I never did talk to him very much. I did hear him say once he was getting his stuff from a new bunch of guys from the east. Said they were really going to open up this town. The way he talked, they're no small-time operators. I got enough out of it to know they're working out of the Plaza Royal Hotel. Never figured that, would you? Anything else? Any names mentioned? Yeah, I remember this old mule mentioned a couple names. I think he talked about somebody named Kirk and another guy called Smith. Now, you understand this guy was just talking. I don't know how they fit in or what the connections are. Yeah, we understand. Where can we get a hold of this old mule? Well, I don't know where he's at. How do you get a hold of him when you want to make a buy? I just run into him, that's all. Down around Spring Street. You know, just around. The last time I was down, I couldn't find him. Is that all of it, Monty? All you can tell us? Well, I don't know too much anyway. You know how it is. I couldn't tell you anymore. That's all I know. All right, let's get out of this 510 if that's all you got. That's everything I got. Hope you fellas will write me up okay. I think I helped you quite a bit, haven't I? One of the best hotels in town, Plaza Royal. Never would have figured that, would you? Maybe. I've told you quite a lot. The rest ought to be easy. No, you're wrong there, Marty. Why? You haven't told us the name of your mule. You haven't told us where we could find him. You haven't made it so easy. That's all I have. I've told you a lot. Yeah, there's a lot you didn't tell. We continued our interrogation of Marty Wilkins. He refused to divulge any further information. What he had told us, together with information already compiled, seemed to check out. For the past seven months, we'd been trying to localize the operations of what had come to be regarded as a well-running distribution center for high-grade heroin. We knew of the existence of this distribution point through the various users that had been picked up almost daily. These users would have in their possession quantities of high-grade narcotics. Unlike the cheaper, lower-grade quality common in the southwest part of the country, this type of heroin was more common to the eastern section of the United States. We had believed the local distribution point to be somewhere in our metropolitan downtown area. The information gained from Monty Wilkins had strengthened this theory. 10.25 a.m., we met with Francis Kearney, captain of the Narcotics Division. 
Plaza Royal Hotel. What do you think? Well, we've figured what we were looking for could be in that area, but we've never put our finger on that hotel. How do you figure on working it? Well, driving back from the jail, Ben and I were just kicking it around. Skipper, what do you think about putting a man in that hotel? Anything's a great deal better than we're doing now, but I don't know. Well, I'd like to give it a try. I'm sure like a crack at it, Skipper. You know how I feel about these kind of assignments. One man working inside, one outside. Brings the element of danger up kind of high. Well, we know it's not going to be easy, but it looks like a good bet. Sometimes these things are, sometimes they're not. You know what kind of a bunch they got to be. Been running their racket just about as smooth as it can be run. You know the kind of a risk a man would have to take if he tried to make contact with any of them. Well, we think it's about the quickest way to get to them. Well, maybe it might be worth it. You got any ideas how you'd like to work it? Hmm, it's just one thing. We haven't come to any decision who's going in and who isn't. Well, I think I ought to be the one to work it from the inside of the hotel with Ben working outside as a contact. I don't know why we can't just turn that around. Last time you had the rough end. Joe, you just got back from your vacation about three weeks ago, didn't you? Yeah, that's right. Didn't you stay down in Arizona? Phoenix, wasn't it? Yeah. You know the town very well? Oh, we got some relatives down there, yeah. If they started asking you any questions about Phoenix, you could fill them in, huh? I think so, yeah. That's probably the best way to settle it, Romero. Friday here will be in a better position knowing a little about Phoenix. I don't see how you figured it that way. I went on my vacation, too. Columbus, Ohio. Well, because of the type of stuff that's been coming in, don't you think it'd be a little safer bet to have our man come from somewhere out this way rather than from the east? Um, yeah, it makes sense. Well, you did it again, Joe. You beat me out. All right, let's figure it this way. You're a local Phoenix hoodlum. Things got too hot for you down there, and you came up to L.A. to cool off. Yeah. Uh, how about Joe Edwards? How's that sound? That sounds right to me. We'll get all the necessary cards, identification papers, and a few letters to carry around with you, all under the name Joe Edwards. All right. I think the best way to work it is for you to hop right down to Phoenix. When you get in town, check with Roberts. He's in narcotics town. Yeah, I know him. Have Roberts fill you in on what's been going on down there. Any of their current characters they've handled recently? Any that have been known to pass through? You know, so you can talk about it freely. Yeah, I understand. Joe, uh, when you check into the hotel down there, why don't you wire ahead up here to the Plaza Royal for reservations? Might be a good cover. Yeah. It's a good thought. That's the way to handle it. You two have worked these things before. You know what to do. All the necessary precautions. Well, how long do you figure out to lay over in Phoenix? A couple of days, maybe. Think that's long enough for you to get filled in, what you'll need? Oh, yeah, that's fine. Well, I'll go home and get packed. I'll start on it first thing in the morning. Huh? All right. Romero will stand by at all times, day and night, while you're on this thing. You know enough to call if things get tight. Sure. As soon as you get in from Phoenix and get located at the Plaza Royal, get in touch so we'll know which way to move. Right. Anything else? No, well, we want to break this thing, but we don't want to do it at the risk of a life. So if it starts getting warm, check out. Okay. I still don't like sending anybody on something like this, but it's got to be done. We don't know enough about it. We don't know how many are in the gang. We don't know what kind of a bunch they are, so be careful. I will. If you're not and I hear about it, this will be your last assignment like this. Yeah. If I don't hear about it, well, you figure it. Yeah, either way, I lose. I went over to the photo room at the crime lab and picked up the identification papers that had been made out in the name of Joe Edwards. I went home and removed all Los Angeles labels from the clothing that I was to take with me to Phoenix, Arizona. I removed all my personal identification and Los Angeles Police Department credentials. I left my service revolver home and borrowed a 38 automatic from Ben. I packed it in my suitcase. The crime lab also furnished me with a package or a bindle made to resemble the usual form in which a person would carry heroin. I packed this in my suitcase. Before my departure, Ben and I went over the proposed plan as best we could. I was to arrive from Phoenix under the assumed name of Joe Edwards. I would register at the Plaza Royal Hotel in downtown Los Angeles and attempt to make arrangements to participate in a narcotics buy for the purpose of gaining sufficient evidence to apprehend the narcotics ring. I was to keep Ben informed as best I could of my progress. As outlined by Captain Kearney, I arrived in Phoenix and contacted Sergeant Roberts at the detective bureau down there. He furnished me with all the necessary information and assisted me in acquiring local Phoenix clothing store labels to have sewn in my clothing. I obtained everything possible to make it appear that I was a longtime resident of Phoenix, Arizona. Several dummy hotel bills were made up for me to make it look as if I'd lived there for a period of time. I was furnished with an Arizona driver's license, a membership in the local social club, and a voter's registration stub. These were all packed in my suitcase. October 9th, 10 a.m., I arrived at the Plaza Royal Hotel, the front desk. Yes, sir? My name's Edwards. I'm in from Phoenix. Did you get my wire? One moment, sir. Yes, sir. Joe Edwards? Yeah, that's right. Would you sign the register, please? Yeah, all right. 
you. Front. Yes, sir. Would you show this gentleman to room 211, please? Yes, sir. This way, please. All right. Thank you. Go ahead, sir. Thank you. Two, please. Not very nice weather to arrive in Los Angeles, is it, sir? No, not too good. I see by the stickers on your bag you've been through Arizona. Yeah, that's right. Must be nice weather down there, huh? Yeah, it's all right. This way, sir. Thank you. Let me open a window for you, sir. A little fresh air in here. All right. Okay. Thanks. Here you go. Thank you very much, sir. Help you with your bags? Yeah, all right. Oh, I'm sorry, sir. Something dropped out on the floor here. You better let me have that. Sorry. Very sorry that happened. That's all right. Mr. Edwards, uh, while you're in town here, if there's anything I can do for you, don't hesitate to let me know. Yeah, okay. I couldn't help but notice that little package there that I dropped. Yeah. Well, like I say, I know my way around here in this town. If you need anything, you know, anything at all, sir. I'll tell you what. Now, here's five bucks. You never saw anything fall out of my bag there, right? Anything you say, sir. Okay. Thanks a lot. See you later, huh? Yes, sir. Anything else, sir? No, no, that'll be all. You remember what I told you, sir? Yeah, I was just going to say the same thing to you. I couldn't be sure, but it looked like I'd been lucky right from the start. The bellboy at the Plaza Royal Hotel. I didn't know if I could consider this an opening contact or not, but he seemed to show more than a passing interest in the bindle of narcotics that he had seen fall from my suitcase. I didn't feel it was the right time to press the issue any further with a bellhop, but I figured I'd wait and leave the next move up to whoever he might have been working for. During the next three days, nothing happened. I tried, without appearing to be too bold, to arouse some interest, but without success. October 13th, my fifth day at the Plaza Royal Hotel, 6 p.m. I went in the bar off the main lobby. I beg your pardon? Yeah. Kirk Harding's my name. I noticed you here in the bar the last couple of nights. You up here to buy a little, or are you selling? I don't believe I follow you, Harding. Look, boy, we've had you tabbed since that first day you hit town, October 9th. We haven't been out here too long ourselves. We're in business, too, same business you're in. Well, I don't know what kind of business you think I'm in, but you got it figured wrong, mister. You know, this entire matter would work out much better for you in the long run if you'd level with me. You're just going to make it tough on yourself this way, Edwards. Well, I'm sorry. You lost me way back somewhere. All right, let's do it the hard way. You're up here from Phoenix. We know you've got some stuff with you. We know you're not a user. You're a member of the social club down there. You're a registered voter. Well, you've been working real hard, haven't well, you? Well, there's more. You've got two pieces of luggage. You're carrying a 38 automatic. Any more? Yeah. This telegram from a friend of mine down in Phoenix. Yeah? We know all about you, mister. You are listening to Dragnet. Authentic cases from official police files. Now, let's look at our Fatima files. Listed under L. Love it. Vice Admiral Leland P. Lovett, United States Navy, retired. He says, I smoked Fatimas when I was a midshipman. I still do, because they have a better flavor and aroma. Fatima is easily the best of all long cigarettes. Friends, more smokers now insist on king-size Fatimas than ever before. Because in Fatima, the difference is quality. Quality of tobaccos. The finest domestic and Turkish varieties extra mild, superbly blended, to give you a much different, much better flavor and aroma. Quality of manufacture. Smooth, round, perfect cigarettes, rolled in the finest paper money can buy, manufactured in the newest and most modern of all cigarette factories. Quality, even to the appearance of the bright, clean, golden yellow package, carefully wrapped and sealed to bring you Fatima's rich, fresh, extra mild flavor. So if you smoke a king-size cigarette, compare Fatima. You'll find they now cost the same. 
But your first puff will tell you... Ah, that's different. Yes, in Fatima, the difference is quality. Buy Fatima. Smoke the quality king-size cigarette. Fatima. Best of all long cigarettes. It was a tight moment as Kirk Harding fingered the telegram in the bar of the Plaza Royal Hotel. I'd spent many hours in consultation with Sergeant Roberts in Phoenix, Arizona, before undertaking this assignment. I felt sure that we hadn't overlooked anything that might lead to my true identity. Kirk Harding read the wire to me. It was from a man by the name of George Ferguson. He'd done some legwork for Harding and had not been able to furnish him with anything other than what had been found out in going over my room. I knew I'd found the contact that I was looking for. I told him that I was in the business of buying narcotics, that I was in Los Angeles for the purpose of making a prearranged narcotics buy with agents dealing in Mexican stuff. Harding immediately gave me a strong sales pitch, saying that he could furnish me with high-grade heroin fresh from the European market in quantity. At the end of the first week, I was introduced to Kirk Harding's two associates, another man called Smith, full name Horace L. Smith, and a woman by the name of Lucille Cosgrove. Ben had been unable to find records on any of the three. For the next three weeks, we became more friendly. We went places together, spent a great deal of time together. Monday, November 15th. Well, we've had a lot of fun the last few weeks, haven't we? Yeah, there's no doubt about that, but i got to be getting back to Phoenix. Well, now, don't get eager, Joe. You know how cagey you were. You made us wait. Preliminaries are over. This is the big buy for you or anybody else. Yeah, I know all that, but when? Just be patient. You'll have something to really set yourself up with down there. Okay. Oh, excuse me, Joe. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, hi, Lucille. Hi. Hi, sweetie. Hello, Joe. Hi, Lucille. What's the matter, Smith? Don't you feel good? I don't know. It's hotel food, I guess. I think I got an ulcer. My stomach's sore all the time. Oh, that's too bad. I don't know what it could be. Baking soda don't do any good anymore. How about a drink? Joe? Yeah, fine with me. Lucille, you want to get some ice out of the kitchen, please? Sure. Skip me. Smith, you want to go see a doctor. If you don't know for sure what's wrong with you, you might make it worse. If I don't know what it is, how could a doctor? I don't know. It works for everybody else. Might for you. Hey, I can't get this ice tray out. Joe, would you give me a hand, please? Yeah, sure. Okay, which one here? I got the ice. Keep working on that other tray there. It's something to tell you. Okay. Listen, Joe, big buys tonight. You sure? Yeah. How about it, you two? You need any help? No, that's all right, Kirk. It's come along fine. Joe, as soon as you show your money tonight, they're going to kill you. How do you know? Look, we don't have time to go into it. I know. You won't have a chance. They're going to kill you. What are you doing? Waiting for him to freeze? Come on, how about the ice cream? Oh, they're right here, Kirk. I'm sorry. Let's go. Yeah. Okay, what do you want? Lucille? Joe? Hmm. Coke high, sorry. Yeah? I'll make mine bourbon with a little water. All right. Smith, you sure you don't want one? No, can't do it. Joe, before I mix them, I got something for you. Yeah? Smith tells me tonight's the night. Well, that's good, but why don't you tell me a little ahead of time? I got a date for tonight. Well, I think you better break that one and keep this one, don't you? Well, yeah, I do, but just wish you'd have told me a little sooner. Well, there's the phone. You can take care of it. Is it all right with you? You know as much about this business as we do. Go ahead and use it as long as we can hear you. Okay, fine. Just take a minute. Want to sit here, Joe? Oh, thanks, Smith. Yeah. Say, I wonder if you'd get my drink for me over there. Sure. She's probably going to be upset. I may need it, huh? Romero, Doug. Hi, honey. This is Joe. Oh, yeah, Joe. I'm sorry I won't be able to make it tonight, dear. You can't talk, huh? That's right, dear. No, I just can't get out of it. I'll do the talking. Joe's a bite tonight. Yeah, well, it just came up all of a sudden. Where do you know? No, darling, I can't tell you where I'm going. You couldn't go along anyway. Okay, we'll be with you five minutes from now all the way. Where are you now, at the hotel? Well, that's the way it is, and I can't help it, that's all. Maybe we can get together later, huh? We'll use one car, Joe. We'll stick as close as we can to you. One car ought to be safe, huh? Well, it's better, honey. Now, that's the way I like to hear you talk. I'm sorry. Now, I'll see you later, huh? We'll be with you. Okay, dear. Well, she still love you? Yeah, she loves me. 
Fifteen minutes after I hung up, we went downstairs and got into a green Chrysler sedan. It was parked out in front of the hotel. I looked around. I didn't see Ben or any of our cars in sight. Smith drove, and Kirk and I got in the back seat. The woman, Lucille Cosgrove, remained at the hotel. I didn't know which of the two men was planning to kill me, but I felt sure Lucille Cosgrove told me the truth. Her information on the buy was right, and maybe this other was correct as well. We drove out Figueroa Street for about 16 miles. At this point, it became evident we were heading for the Los Angeles Harbor area. You ever see a fog as thick as this, Jim? No, never have. Can't see 50 feet in front of me. Yeah, well, just take it easy. Nobody's in a hurry. That's right. Don't want to pile up anywhere. Where are we going? We're almost there. This your car here? I've never seen this one before. No, we rented it. Isn't that the way you operate? Yeah, that's right. I just wondered if you played it as safe as I do. We do. I'm going to swing in this next alley up here, Kirk. Somebody tailing us? Kill the lights. Right. See anything out the back window? Wait a minute. How'd they go? How'd it look? Two guys in the front seat. Could have been somebody. What do you think, Joe? How'd it look to you? Well, whoever it was, we lost him anyway. Yeah. Okay, let's go. here in the fog. Don't see a soul anywhere. No, it's fine. We almost there now? Yeah, just around the corner. This is a break, isn't it? Fog's clear right in here. All socked in back up there. Well, we're as safe as you'd want to be, huh? Yeah, that's right. This is it. Over by the storage building? Yeah, that's right. Come on, let's go. Over this way, Joe. What's over there in that building? We're not going inside, just over there in that alcove. All right, this is it, Joe. Let's see the money. Well, wait till I see the stuff, huh? You don't trust anybody, do you? What are you trying to prove? Well, I didn't like what he said. You're not going to like what I got to say either. Freeze, mister. Drop it, you! Watch it, Ben! He ducked in this alcove. Oh, take care of that one there. All right, easy, huh? Yeah, you see him? No, it's too dark. There he is. That's enough! I'm coming on! All right, throw your gun out ahead of you. He's not going to throw that gun out, Joe. Watch it. Come on. There's his gun. Yeah, I, I got it. You want to shake him down? Yeah. yeah Come on. Yeah. On your feet. Yeah. Where'd you get hit? My shoulder. Let me see. You're all right. Just graze you. You're a cop, aren't you? Yeah, that's right. Now, come on. Let's go. Where's this stuff? On the back seat in my car. Now, you tell me something. Why'd you slug Smith? I just wanted something I knew you'd never give me. What's that? An even chance. just heard was true. Only the names were changed to protect the innocent. On January 4th, trial was held in Superior Court, Department 81, City and County of Los Angeles, State of California. In a moment, the results of that trial. And now, here is our star, Jack Webb. Thank you. Friends, let's compare Fatima with any other long cigarette. Now, Fatimas are the same length, 85 millimeters. Fatima has the same circumference, one and one sixty-fourths inches around. And Fatima filters the smoke exactly the same long distance as other king-size cigarettes. But in Fatima, the difference is quality. You get extra mildness, a different, much better flavor and aroma. That's right. Fatima gives you all the advantages of extra length plus Fatima quality, which no other king-size cigarette has. Tomorrow, buy Fatima. <laughs> All three suspects, Kirk, Arthur Harding, Horace L. Smith, and Lucille Marie Cosgrove, were convicted for violation of the State Narcotics Act, a felony. 
Harding and Smith were convicted on one count of attempt to commit murder. They are now serving their terms as prescribed by law in the state penitentiaries. You have just heard Dragnet, a series of authentic cases from official files. Technical advice comes from the office of Chief of Police, W.H. Parker, Los Angeles Police Department. Fatima Cigarettes, best of all long cigarettes, has brought you Dragnet portions transcribed from Los Angeles. Stay tuned for Counterspy, next over most NBC stations. That wraps it up for tonight's show at 1001 Radio Grime Solvers. We really enjoy good reviews, so when you have a chance, say something nice about a selection of shows, or maybe suggest some to us. Thanks for joining us. See you next time.